Welcome to the Spectrum Lounge Podcast, where we discuss creators of color disrupting the game in TV, film, and pop culture. I'm your host, Rebecca Theodore Fashan, and on this episode, we chat with writer-director Joe Robert Cole about his new Netflix original film, All Day and a Night. Take a listen. Hey, Rebecca. Hi. Hi, Joe. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. (laughs) Happy Wednesday. Happy Wednesday. (laughs) Um, So thank you for taking the time to speak to me about this movie. Um, I I screened it and it was, I I, I was thinking about this movie like all night and preparing for this um, interview. And it's, there's so much to ingest about this movie. So um, for my first question, I wanted to ask you, um, there's this um, recent series called Little Fires Everywhere. Um, Mm -hmm. And um, in one of the episodes, Kerry Washington's character um, is speaking to this very privileged white woman. And she says to her, um, you didn't have good choices. You were given good choices. Mm -hmm. Um, I wanted to know when you were writing this story, how much of that statement applied to Jacor and the other characters um, and their circumstances? Yeah. that's a good question. That's cool. Um, it, I think it applies. Um, I think it absolutely applies. And and um, th- this is this is how I, you know one of the things that uh, the character of Jacor is is, uh, is grappling with or struggling with um, uh, when he's uh, in the film uh, is the idea of. Um, realizing the walls placed around him and his community outside of prison, uh, the sign of systemic walls uh, uh, and generational walls that he's facing um, aren't that different than the walls he's facing inside the prison. And this idea of um, how uh, as a uh, African-American, you're, you're constantly kind of, struggling uh, against uh, limitations uh, mm-hmm. that have been uh, set uh, in your path of uh, generationally. Uh, and so, you know, one of the lines in the uh, voiceover is talking about uh, making, uh, making uh, prison into a life. And, you know, you know African-Americans have endured I think, and in many cases thrived in this country, despite uh, the country being built on our enslavement. Uh, we're survivors. Um, but the question he's asking is, have we uh, ever really been free to just live? Uh, free of institutional racism, free of racist policies, free of microaggressions, free of, of subconscious bias. Um, and and I, I, I feel like there's a connectivity to the quote, the quote that you brought up and the idea of this kind of tragedy of being forced to make prison into a life uh, as, as an African-American um, that I think is at the heart of, of Jaws struggle and also maybe what Carrie uh, Washington's character is speaking to uh, in, in what she said. Right. Um, so when we when we open with um, this movie, the audience is introduced to Jacor when he commits this really terrible and violent act. Um, so as a writer, how do you have viewers 
um, have empathy for this character. They've seen him do this this very despicable thing, and very much in the beginning of the movie. So, how do you, as a as a writer, um, work to have audiences have that faith to make that journey with Jacor to not shut him out, but to actually take the journey to kind of uncover the layers of what led him to this act? Well, you know, it's um, it's a it's that that is by uh, design. So the film is tough by design. The, the goal, um, my, my, the, the journey that I wanted the audience to take in the film was to go from someone uh, that we struggle to see the humanity in uh, to humanize them, right? So to humanize someone we often see, uh, struggle to see the humanity in. And so the, that is the journey I wanted to take people on. I wanted to start with a character that we would view as unredeemable and then show that he is a redeemable human being by peeling back the layers of his life. So it's, a, it's a, to show he's the sum of his parts and not the end result. So in a lot of ways, it's a leap of faith um, that I'm taking with the film because the natural inclination is to not start a film or have a film um, uh, be told through the point of view uh, of a character like Ja. Um, but the film uh, is tough by design uh, and, and and it's asking a lot of the audience on purpose. You know that's that's the purpose mm -hmm. of it. I'm I'm asking you to enter uh, a world where hope is scarce for two hours, uh, where the fear of violence and the emotional toll on the character surviving in the world of the story at times can feel suffocating. Uh, but uh, it's asked this to uh, in order to kind of create a sense of what it might. Uh, feel like to walk in these characters' shoes. And so it's asking us to try to connect with the humanity of characters uh, who we might not normally consider in that regard. Um, and to accomplish that, I tried to the best of my ability uh, to create an authentic depiction of what's happening uh, within the framework uh, of a crime story uh, and the, the psychological and human costs of that. Um, so the journey I, I want the audience, audience to take is a tough one. Uh, which is it can be a lot to ask, but I think um, if you stick with it, I, I feel like it's a, a, a worth a worthwhile journey. Right. Um, so I know there's a, there's certain scenes that are that are certainly very um, difficult to watch and to witness. Um, and the the one scene where we see the flashback where uh, JD, um, his father, is is beating young Jacor. Uh, um, can you tell us a little bit about shooting that scene that day? What were the conversations that you had with Jeffrey Wright and the the actor that played younger Jacor, and just like blocking that scene? Like, what was the feeling on set that day? Um, that that's a t that was a tough scene. Um, that was a tough scene uh, to uh, I think for all of us. Um, except Jalen, the, the, the Jalen Hall, he, Jalen is, he's, he's an amazing young actor because he's so different than Jacor. Um, mm -hmm. he, 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 he brightens every room he's in. So we would have these heavy moments, these heavy scenes. And then when it's over, he's like bouncing off the walls, laughing, talking, you know, but for all of us adults, you know, um, it was, it was, you know, it is a traumatizing moment in the film. Um, and, you know, we approached it, uh, since, uh, I tried to approach it uh, with a level of sensitivity. Uh, mm -hmm. Jalen's mom was there. 
made sure she was comfortable with everything we were doing, made sure that he was, you know, he wasn't uh, uh, in any harm, you know, he couldn't be harmed in any way by what we were doing. There were certain tricks that we were pulling. He was obviously not being hit uh, at, at, or anything like that. Um, and so, uh, but, you know, watching through the viewfinder, you can see the impact, the, the kind of visceral nature of it. Uh, and Jeffrey, uh, as Jeffrey does, was amazing. Uh, and 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 brought to uh, the character um, a uh, an authenticity uh, and and uh, and uh, in in watching Jeffrey, it felt you know he it, what came through to me was that he thought he was doing something good mm-hmm. um, for this for his son, and that and that is the real tragedy of it, right? And yeah. and I think. And I and 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 so you know that humanity of 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 uh, of that moment through him uh, is I think what we tried to capture in all of the uh, difficult moments of the movie. Um, how would Jeffrey's character view his b- behavior, um, and not how maybe we see it from the outside, and rooting ourselves in that again in the empathy, trying to empathize with the characters in that way. Right. And and that scene was especially while difficult to watch. It was it was actually fascinating to me too because it was sort of like this discussion of 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 black masculinity, right? Because yes. he's beating JD is beating Jacor because he feels that I'm going to toughen you up, right? Because yeah. I, I want to be a man. And on the other hand, on JD's side, and this was something that I found very unique is is this discussion of because JD was a lighter skinned black man mm-hmm. that in, in his own community, you know, we tend to see lighter skinned black men as softer and mm-hmm. feminine. And so it was like this, this very performative, um, you know, this performance for him to show that he was tough and that he was hard. Um, it, where, where did that idea come from or what made you decide to want to um, uh, talk about that? I mean, well, it exists, you know, it is, you know, I have, I have a big extended family and I, you know, you, you, there's some that are real light and some that are real dark and, you know, and, and growing up in communities of color, you, you, you understand that dynamic that exists. And, um, and I, 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 I also think me and Jeffrey had uh, a conversation about, about, uh, about it, about JD and, and, and him as Ja's father you know, based on how light he is versus Ashton's darker complexion and, and talking about what that, what that means. Uh, and obviously, like I said, in my, my own family, there's brothers and uh, uh, not, uh, aunties and uncles that are light and, and darker. So, you know, you, it can happen and it exists, but the idea of, uh, of, of, of how that, how that makes JD feel as a as a as a man, and how that manifests uh, in these kind of uh, traditional uh, stereotypical gender roles, right? The kind of overly aggressive. I'm going to prove that I'm I'm going to prove that I'm I'm black by being you know by being by beating him. Um, that speaks not only to the issue of of color, but it also speaks to the lineage of of slavery and the lineage of of, of violence that that can be drawn uh, back through uh, through our our community in some in some facets of our community, I should say. 
Okay. Um, because one of the things I really loved about the movie is that I, it, there there would be like these moments of of beauty and peace, and then it would just be pierced by like this sudden violence. And yeah. I think about um, Stunna's birthday party, yeah. um, like that scene with the with the street party. That was beautiful. I I loved it. And um, so two questions. I wanted to know like one, how did you go about creating that scene? Um, just like the camera movements and the production designs of that. Like I think of the bike that had the lights with the speaker um, and then all of a sudden the shootout happens. But how, how did you put that scene together? Um, so the, the uh, they're called sideshows uh, and, it, and they're, um, they started in East Oakland uh, in the eighties and they're pretty unique to the Bay area. Um, I knew very early on uh, how I wanted the sequence to play out. Um, it was about finding the right location uh, and the right way technically to accomplish uh, the continuous shot uh, that I envisioned. Um, so we found our spot and then I worked on uh, the placement of the elements uh, with little model uh, cars and people on this schematic in my office. Uh, and then we did some camera tests and some uh, stunt tests um, our stunt coordinator, uh, Danny Boyer, was uh, a tremendous help to us. Um, and, you know, trying to get the camera between two moving cars safely uh, was uh, obviously and, and definitely a challenge in, in doing that properly. Um, but I, I think the scene uh, was made uh, by all of the people uh, who came out. Uh, many of them brought their cars uh, to be in the film. Um, uh, shooting any one or like that takes time and coordination. You're trying to make sure the camera is picking up certain things along the route. Um, and, you know, if, if you're missing something, you, you kind of got to start from scratch. Um, so, you know, uh, they never, uh, they never let their energy uh, drop. They were patient uh, and they really captured the spirit and electricity uh, that I was after. And a lot of them have been to sideshows. So they know, uh, they knew what the experience was. It was a, tons of local people. Um, and I, one of the things I tried to do with the movie, um, and specifically in the sideshow scene, was to really capture that sense of authenticity. Um, and, and the guy on the bike, um, he's known in the Bay. Like, he's a local guy that we, we asked if he would be willing to be our focal point. Uh, that mm. bike is known in the Bay. And so, you know, having him be a part of the scene uh, the BART train that goes by uh, uh, at the beginning of that, you know, when they get out to the street, you know, it's a very distinct uh, uh, Bay Area thing, the BART train. And so just trying to, 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 to find those nuances, um, most at all of the slang uh, in the background, I worked with our loopers to make sure that was very authentic and specific to Oakland. Um, and so just really trying to root everything in uh, the actual uh, 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 specific community uh, was 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 our goal there. Right. Um, so I know that the cinematographer for this movie is a woman, Jessica yeah. Denny. Um, and I remember I recall I remember reading an interview with Ryan Coogler um, and he was discussing um, having worked in all his films so far. He's worked with women cinematographers and he says something to the effect of um, it is actually for him, he felt that it was an asset working um, with women cinematographers because he, as a man, having a woman shoot the movie, they 
perhaps can see certain things or bring certain perspectives that even he could, you know, might have a blind spot to or may not see. Um, mm -hmm. Did you find the same experience? What was it like working? Did you feel that you and Jessica, um, like what was your working relationship like? And did you feel that she brought a certain perspective as a DP, both her technical skills and also being a, a woman cinematographer? Well, I, I absolutely agree with him on that. Um, my, uh, Jessica was a, a fantastic collaborator. She has uh, an amazing eye for light and, and color and, and beauty and capturing humanity uh, and, and being able to, to uh, make uh, a scene with practical lighting uh, feel, feel stylized and beautiful. You know, the, the idea that the, the, the film, you know, doesn't, it feels grounded in, in a real space but it still has this stylized feel, uh, feel to it. And, uh, you know, that's something that she, she naturally, uh, she's gifted in that way. Uh, but certainly uh, we would have lots of conversations uh, about uh, just our approach uh, to not only specific scenes, but like overall approach. Um, our first conversation that we had, I think we talked for, you know, it, it was an interview, but we talked for like two and a half hours um, because we just were, diving into uh, uh, a creative space that uh, I knew uh, she was the right fit uh, uh, for us. Um, and our, you know, and we, you know, I, I feel really fortunate. Uh, all of my department heads um, actually were women. Um, my production mm -hmm. designer, costume designer, Jessica, uh, my cinematographer, my editor, uh, hair and makeup, uh, and, uh, and mostly women of color. Um, and that wasn't by mandate or some sort of, uh, you know, it wasn't something we were trying to do. We, you know, we found the best fits for us uh, creatively and, uh, and technically. And, um, and, you know, and, and it's great specifically with a film like this that has, you know, uh, this underlying layer of misogyny that exists in the world uh, that, that, it, that it lives in um, to have that balance um, was even, I think, uh, more helpful uh, for, for, for me. Great. Um, and then my last question is, um, including this movie, we, we've seen a rise in Black films like Sorry to Bother You, Last Man in San Francisco, and Blind Spotting that are, that are based in the Bay Area, particularly when we're talking about Black stories. Uh, why do you feel, uh, just uh, for yourself, do you, why do you feel or what is accounting for that specific demographic being kind of left out of the conversation in Black film, because usually we'll see movies set in New York or, you know, Atlanta or in LA, but usually um, the Bay Area historically has never really been part of the conversation. Why do you think, what do you account for the rise and, and how do you think that we can continue to bring more of the Bay Area into, into Black film? Um, or has been in the past for, you know, not, uh, not, not seeing more uh, right. films set in the Bay. Mm -hmm. um, perhaps it's proximity to uh, loss. I can say for me is I wanted to set the movie in a place that could at the same time feel really specific, uh, but speak to communities dealing with similar issues around the world. And Oakland um, has a particular dialect, a particular way people carry themselves. Um, it has its own rhythm and it's a hard place to fake. 
and it has a rich history. It has a, 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 a strong sense of community and family. Uh, and, and that uniqueness was what drew me uh, to, to want to do my film there. And I, I imagine that that might be the case with some of these other films as well. Okay, great. Thank you so much.